Today we're going to start a new series, Christmas at the Movies. If you are our guest, thank you so much uh, for being here. Uh, I think about Christmas, and I think about Christmas movies. There's several Christmas movies that come to mind, and we did this last year. Uh, by the way, if you're a junior hire, you can go ahead and be dismissed with Pastor Andy. Uh, we did this last year, uh, and we talked about some movies uh, and, and, and some principles from them. And this year, uh, I wanted to do the same thing. And I don't know about you, but uh, there was a couple movies that, um, as a, uh, I guess, an adult, I just missed. And one of those, I have never, ever, ever watched this movie. One of those was The Polar Express. How many of you watched The Polar Express? Okay. So I never watched The Polar Express until recently. Instead, I was going to preach about believing, which is what I'm going to talk about today, and I was going to talk about Miracle on 34th Street. Now, how many of you have seen Miracle on 34th Street? Okay, so that's kind of what I was more familiar with. But Lindsay, many of you may not know this, uh, Lindsay, um, not only is she just the coolest mom ever, uh, but she's a teacher. Um, and so she was a teacher whenever we met, an elementary teacher, and she is down at the daycare, and her and uh, Kristen Puckett uh, run the daycare, but she's so creative with all this little kid stuff, and when immediately I started talking about, oh yeah, believe, Miracle on 34th Street, she like gets all in my grill. She goes, you don't even know. I said, what do you mean I don't even know? Let me stick to preaching, you stick to kids. She goes, no, you don't even, have you not even watched it? You don't even understand. And she goes, let's just watch the trailer. So she turns the trailer on last week, and she's just like pausing it. Are are you listening? Are you even listening to this? This is everything you need. And I was like, okay, so now you daycare director, mom, pastor, I'm just going to be the puppet. You're going to tell me what to say. And it was funny. Whenever I watched the movie, I realized she may be right. How many of you sometimes have a hard time admitting that your spouse is right? Okay. At least I'm not the only one. Some of you didn't raise your hand because your spouse is next to you and you know you was going to catch a bow if you did. <laughs> the movie The Polar Express was a hit, obviously, that I missed. <laughs> but as I began to watch it, I began to see it's a, it's a cool story. Now, um, if, if you have, have ever struggled with faith, then today is for you. Not faith in the subject of the Polar Express, but faith and belief in Jesus. Well, we're in the Mississippi, we're in the deep south. Nobody has a struggle with faith. Yes, they do. How do you know that? Because I have. And if I have, then I guarantee you a lot of people have. Questions like, where is God at? How does God love me? How in the world could he love me after I did that? I just don't know that. Sometimes, is God even real? Is he, is he even near? Oh, we've all asked those questions. I've asked that question. If you're in here and you've never asked that question, then you, maybe you should be preaching and I shouldn't. Because there's a lot of times where faith is tested, but that is when faith is strengthened, is when faith is tested. And whenever we think about believing and we think about who Jesus is and we begin with the basics of understanding the gospel and Christianity, I think we can start here and we can find some similarities with the Polar Express. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 10. Paul says this, 
For to this end we both labor and suffer reproach, because we trust in the living God, who is the Savior of all men, especially of those who believe. I've always found this an interesting statement. Because we trust in the living God, who is the Savior of all men, comma, especially of those who believe. Now, let's understand something real quick. It says he's the Savior of all men. What does that mean? That means that every person he died for, every person has the ability to accept the forgiveness and to accept the salvation that comes through Christ. Every person. There's not just a few. There's not just an elect. God didn't pick favorites at the beginning. Now, that's called our Calvinism, particularly hyper-Calvinism. And maybe you've been raised that way. But I'm a firm believer whenever it says all means all. Then it says especially those who believe. Believe what? Well, that's the question. What do we believe? What do we believe as Christ followers? Or what should we believe as Christ followers. And if we believe the basics of who he is, who he says he is, and how he got here, then in today's society you will probably be looked at as awkward, gullible, and even a fool. But I hope after today you'll be able to agree with me. I would rather be a fool and know Jesus than to be the most brilliant man in the world's eyes without him. Believing is the foundation of faith. And as we approach Christmas, we should take a step back and look at how it is everything. It's important to believe in Jesus. It's more important to follow him. To believe in Jesus is actually not difficult. Historically, we understand that there's tons of things written about Jesus. We know that Jesus was a man. We understand that, that Jesus literally changed the, the, whole, the whole scene of things, changed the world. I'm not talking about from a spiritual standpoint. I'm talking about just historically. But to believe in Jesus also requires some faith to believe some things that maybe you can't always explain. But that's the beauty about God. God never meant to create, to not create, but God never meant to allow himself to be explained. Followed, yes. You can explain ideas, principles. You can explain that commandments and, and things that he tells us and promises. But you cannot explain God. Why? Because he created you. And you'll never, ever be able to explain the Creator and understand Him. Now, before you take what I say wrong, that doesn't mean you can't know Him. But you can never, ever, ever begin to, to, to be one step ahead of God. When things happen to people, to good people, that is totally unexpected, God is not taken by surprise. Nor does it show a sign of weakness in God because he did not allow something to be uh, protected from, from something happening or anything. It, 
it actually should increase our faith in God to know that He knows better than we do. I've said this before and I'll say it again. My granny girly used to say this all the time. This was her statement for me. Jody, God doesn't make mistakes. Can I be honest with you and tell you that there's been a lot of times in my life where I've wondered if that was really true? <gasps> You're the pastor. <gasps> yes, I am. But there's a lot of times where I thought I was smarter than God. I can't tell you how many times, and anytime I go saying something like this, I know it's always going to be interesting at my house in the afternoon. But you know how many times I thought the Lord brought the right woman into my life before he did? I had about three of them that I said, mm-hmm, that's it. That's my rib. That's the one. It wasn't long before I found out that that one rib was crazy. And I would sing Garth Brooks to the top of my lungs. Some of God's greatest gifts are unanswered prayers because I'm thankful. I remember in Bible college, the president of CBC, Maurice Lednecki, and you may remember he's preached here before. He looked at everybody and he said, I want you to look to the person to your left and to your right. When you graduate in four years, one of them won't be here. And I thought, well, that's kind of a bummer. Way to get us pumped up. Then after we moved past that and recovered from that, him basically telling us that we we're going to drop out and quit. Then he looked. He said, now I want every single man and single woman in here to look around. He said, find one that catches your eye. He said, and then I want you to remember this. It's better to want something all your life and not have it than to have something all your life and not want it. Now, I thought that I knew what I wanted. And everybody always would say, you know, when that breakup comes, you bummed out. Thought she was the one, man. Thought the Lord told me that. No, Jody, you told you that. And they'd be like, you'll know when the right one comes. Whatever. Didn't believe that either. But when I met Lindsay, I knew. I knew a couple things. I knew I had to make a decision pretty quick because when we first met, I'll never forget this. We was on the phone. And she said, now let me go ahead and just ask you a question. She said, you just looking for a friend because I got enough friends. I said, okay, girl. You know I'm the prize. Trying to reel me in. And I did what any smart dude would do. I'm like, no, you know I'm interested in this. In my mind, I was thinking, I'm 30. I'm going to be on Social Security before I get married. We got to do something. (laughs) You're like, where in the world's he going with all that? Because some of the darkest and toughest days of my life was believing if God even heard me and if God had called me to ministry, Did he really call me to ministry just for me to be by myself? I would weep buckets of tears after leaving places where I was the life of the party. 
because I was so broken inside. And I was just like, God, I don't even know if I believe that you can do what you say you can do. Now, maybe your story is a little bit different, and that's one of many stories that, that I could share where I, I came to a, to a place. But, but I, remember, I remember distinctively when the Lord spoke this to me. Until you can be content with being loved by, by me alone, you'll never be content by being loved by anyone else. And I'd love to tell you that that was the last time I struggled with faith and God spoke to me, but it's not. It's not the last time. And it probably won't be. But whenever I look at these three things I want to tell you about Jesus, and I begin to understand the process that he went through in order to save a knucklehead like me, then why in the world would I think he would miss any detail? There was a miracle in the pronouncement of his birth, Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. The virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Now see, here's a lot of, a lot of times we have a hang-up right here. There are people who can come to church and, and they can hear the, the, the Bible and hear different things preached, but sometimes when they hear it preached, there's parts and portions of it that, that they have a hard time. How does the virgin birth build your faith? Because the virgin birth lets you know that the all, all of this with Jesus started supernaturally. He did not just become a leader. He did not just become a great person. He did not just become someone people followed. From the very beginning, whenever he was conceived in Mary by the Spirit of God, there was something that was different that was supernatural. You get that part right. You wrap your mind around that. You accept that with faith. And then everything else begins to make sense. Because then you move from the announcement or the pronouncement of his birth to the purpose of his life. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him would not perish but have eternal life. This same Jesus that has this supernatural, never ever in the history of mankind, science, nothing can explain it, by the way. Did anybody, did anybody see the other day? I saw it on, on Fox News, uh, on my app, and then I saw it on another little Google thing. Uh, did y'all see the other day where they came out and they said, um, uh, incredible new research today that says every human being on earth has our descendants of the same man and woman. Literally, this was like last week. And it's like researchers have checked DNA and it's blowing their minds. They don't understand it. Hello. Where have you been under a rock? They haven't been under a rock. They've been in a place where they can't believe. And whenever you can't explain it, sometimes it's hard to believe it. Wednesday nights, we've been talking about the Holy Spirit and who the Holy Spirit is. P.S., here's my plug. This Wednesday night, 
we're finishing up our Who is the Holy Spirit series, and we're going to be praying for people and, and asking the Lord to, to fill people with the Holy Spirit. We still believe in that 100%. And I'm telling you, Wednesday nights have been so good. But here's what, here's what I, I, I say to that. There's a lot of people who have never experienced that because they don't believe that. And the reason they don't believe that is because they can't explain that. And a lot of times when we can't explain something, we tend to push it to the shelf of unbelief. Virgin birth. Why did he come as a virgin? Because God wanted everyone to understand from the beginning he was not like everyone else. He was fully man, but he was also fully God. And Revelation tells us from the foundations of the world, the lamb was slain. So the son of God comes to earth, born of a virgin, for the purpose to give his life. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. The next thing is he has an eternal promise. John chapter 14, verse 2 and 3 says this, In my Father's house are many dwelling places. Some translations may say many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I'm going to prepare a place for you, and if I go to prepare a place for you, I'll come again and receive you to myself, that where I am you may be also. Virgin birth, sacrificial life, only to redeem you and I. It wasn't his fault in the beginning that we got so messed up. But because we got messed up and sin separated us from God, God found a way, God made a way through Jesus so we could be where he is. Now, how's all this wrap up with believing? And I'll talk to you a little bit more about the Polar Express. I don't know every one of your backgrounds. Some of you, I do know your background. Some of you, I know what you do for a living. I know where you work. I know the things that, that you're good at. And I'm not going to say things that you're bad at, but I mean, surely there, there's something that you're probably not as good at other things. But more than I know about you, God knows everything about you. God knows things about you that even your spouse may not know. God knows everything about you. And sometimes it's hard for us to believe that he could care for us. But God cares for you. He cares for you so much that, that Isaiah said that to a virgin would be born a Savior. And his name would be Emmanuel. Emmanuel means God with us. Not God in the sky looking down, getting ready to zap you every time you do something wrong. But God who supernaturally leaves heaven and comes to earth in a supernatural way. And his purpose of coming to earth was so he could die and give his life for you. That's sometimes hard to believe. How could someone love me that much? Why is it hard to believe? Because for many of us, that's something we probably could never see ourselves doing for someone else. But the Bible says, even while 
we were yet sinners. Even while we were messed up, he died for us. Now, I don't know about you, but I can think about it in my worst of worst times. I'll just tell you real quick, one of my, one of my memories of probably when I was the most disgusting person I could be. My grandmother took me to church every single weekend. I learned all the Bible stories. Matter of fact, I can remember more from Sunday school as a kid at Spring Hill Church of God than I can remember in sitting in Bible college classes paying a lot of money for it. I can remember them using that flannel graph and putting those little people up there and I close my eyes and I see it. I smell the room. I understand that. The older I got, the more I began to get away from that. And I began to not worry more about Jesus and worry more about me. I've told you before, I've always been big boned. You may be shocked by that. And I learned real quick, if you make people laugh with you, they won't laugh at you. Now I'm older, so I'm not insecure. I love being fat. All you health people just cringed. I don't, of course, I don't love being fat. I'm just, you know. But when I was a kid, kids were mean. They're still mean. Me and Lucy almost had a breakdown last night. She wasn't even in there. She came up to me and she said, you drink a lot, but you got a big old belly. <laughs> I said, you didn't have a sore tail to get out of my face. I never had addictions except for me. I wanted to be it. I wanted to be popular. I, and I would do anything anything to do that. And so one of my buddies one time during a see you at the pole in September when I was a junior in high school, he said, I bet you won't run up there and mess up their see you at the pole. I said, I bet I will. In my high school, all these students around the flagpole holding hands. And I'll never forget, I drove up and I laid on the horn as close as I could and I started screaming and cursing God and mocking them. And I knew better. But I wanted somebody to like me. I wanted somebody to laugh at me. And I wanted to be popular. And so I did something that was absolutely disgusting, that was not funny, that was horrible. And I look back now and I'm like, God, how did you love me when I was blatantly cursing you? But he did. And he's never stopped. Because although I have not cursed him with my mouth, I failed him with my actions. I failed him in decisions. I fail him almost every day. The Bible says that there is none righteous, no, not one. So we all fall short of the glory of God. That's what the Bible tells us. But it also tells me that even while I was a sinner, he died for me. Which means that he came to earth for a purpose. And so you know what I've gotten to the place in my life now? It strengthened my faith. My waywardness has helped me believe. 
That's why you'll hear me say all the time, I don't care what you've done or I don't care who you've been, because that's been me. But God time and time again has shown himself faithful. Sometimes we just don't believe. And for you to experience the fullness of God, you've got to believe. Now, how many of you have ever, um, you know, the Old Testament, they had a cloud by day, fire by night, uh, and that's what they followed. Uh, in Columbus, we have a red light, um, and that's what we like to follow. How many of you have ever went and bought a box of these jokers when they were hot? How many of you have ever taken it from that lady when she gives you way more napkins than you need because this one, I don't need no napkins. And when it hits your hand, and it's warm, and in your mind, you just almost go to church. Like in your car, you're like, boom, 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 boom. Like, like this is fixing to be on. And then you get it in, and if there's nobody in the passenger seat, you, you know how to lay that box so you can get in that box. You almost hit the wall of the Krispy Kreme trying to get in the box. If Lindsay's in the car with me, she immediately knows, open the box. Now, these ain't hot no more. They were when I got them this morning. But how many of you have ever reached your hand in this box and believed that donut was not going to taste good? I'm going to reach my hand in this box and this thing's going to be stale. It's not going to be good. I'm not going to like it. It's cold, but I still like it. Mama Nora, give me some insulin. (laughs) You know why? Because you have an expectation and you've learned to believe because you've experienced Krispy Kreme hot donuts. Isn't it amazing how you can experience God, but sometimes we don't have the expectations that He's consistent. God's a lot better than a box of Krispy Kreme donuts. Here, Skinny, you need to eat every one of those while you're sitting here. <laughs> Here's a problem with belief. Worship team, you can come. There are things that God has shown you before. There's times where God has, has, has strengthened your faith. There's times where God has proved himself faithful. But almost, almost it's like a habit for us as humans. We wonder if he can do it again. Or we wonder if he's going to be the same. I have eaten hot Krispy Kreme donuts every place I can ever see the red light. And you know what? They always taste the same. I believe it was Wes that told me a comedian one time said it was like eating a baby angel. (laughs) If that's the case, I hope they're like peeps when we get to heaven. I'll pick them off. In the Polar Express, if you've seen it before, there's a little bell. Not just a little bell, there's a whole sleigh of bells, and there's different places where there's this bell. The the little boy can't hear the bell because he don't believe. And in this moment towards the end, he's holding the bell, and he's nothing's happening. And then he makes this statement, I believe. 
and a bell begins to ring. And he says it again, I believe. He says it again, I believe. And he begins to hear something he could not hear before. And it's because of faith. Do you want to experience life like you've never experienced it before? Let your faith be strengthened and learn to believe all over again. I'm not telling you to learn to believe in a story that you've heard forever. I'm telling you on December the 2nd, 2018, in this room, in this moment, right now, learn to believe all over again. Well, I've never wavered in my belief. Strengthen your faith. Let me go back to the beginning whenever it was pronounced that a virgin would have a child. Isaiah also says, and the government would be on his shoulders. And he'd be known as the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, everlasting father, and the prince of peace. For some of you, you may not have a father. But if I believe, even before he was born, Isaiah told me that he would be everlasting father. Some of you may have, have your life in, in chaos and you're not even sure what's going on. It, it says that he would be the wonderful counselor. Maybe you need a miracle in your life, physically, emotionally. He's the mighty God. But before he can be any of those things, you first have to understand that God loved you so much that his son vacated heaven to come be born of a virgin to live in sin, just infested earth with mankind, but not by accident, with a purpose. His purpose the whole time was so God could allow you and I to be saved for God so loved the world that he gave his only son but you know what whenever he came and he gave his life his life was not that was not the end of the story we're not sitting in this room because we believe in a Jesus who died and was crucified and buried and who is still sitting in that same tomb friend if that's the case we're wasting a whole lot of time But if we believe that the virgin birth was a purpose of a Savior to come and redeem us, then you better believe when he said this. He said, in my Father's house are many, many rooms. If it was not true, I wouldn't have told you. In other words, I haven't been a liar now, and I'm not going to be a liar then. I'm telling you the truth. He says, I'm going to go to prepare a place for you. This is my favorite part. He didn't say, I'm going to unleash every angel in heaven to build you a spot. He said, I'm going to go and prepare a place for you. That means he loves you enough to come at the beginning, and he loves you enough to make you a place at the end. And then he says, where I am, there you will be Forever, endeavor, endeavor. I don't know, I don't know, I don't know if I can believe that. Oh, if I could just just sit with you and just tell you my story and tell you the wreck that my life has been, the wreck with decisions that I've made. But I'm confident in this. 
He is the most constant thing in my life. He's more constant than any box of donuts that tastes the same wherever you go. He's the most constant. He's never failed me. And from the very beginning of the whole plan, if it was just me, I believe this with all my heart. If it was just me that was on this earth, he would have not changed one part of the plan. We go into Christmas and we have Christmas parties and we have all these things. And they're all great and good and I'm thankful for them. We have family and we have traditions and we have gifts and we have all those things. But we got to believe. And if you doubt any part of it, then you deny all of it. Okay? You can't take Jesus as he came to forgive you of your sins, but you not, you not follow him and you not come after him. Because when you believe in something, that means that you, you put your heart and soul in it. Whenever you're determined, whenever you fix your eyes, you make up your mind. Whenever you believe in something, you'll do anything for it. And friend, he believed in you enough to give his life for you and now you and I have to believe enough in him that we will follow hard after him. I told you that December 2nd, 2018, I want to be a day where we make a declaration, I believe. They're fixing to sing this song. It's called the Creed, this I believe. It makes statements like, I believe in God the Father. I believe The Bible is exactly clear and it means what it did, that he loved the world so much that he sent his son in an incredible, supernatural fashion because he wanted me to know and he wanted you to know and he wanted everybody to know this was not just a normal baby. But this baby had a purpose. Jesus was not born to be in the shadow of a tree or to be on your mantle. He was born in the shadow of the cross. The manger was nothing more but a gateway for death. Think about it. The manger was the gateway for death because that's why he came. This morning, do you believe? Do you believe that he is who he says he is? This morning, do you believe that he loved you so much that even the prophet Isaiah, God spoke to him and said, I'm going to do something that is totally unheard of. I'm going to blow the minds of people where they will doubt it and they will feud it and it will just be messing everybody up for years and years and all eternity. I'm going to allow a virgin to conceive a son that will be my son. And his name will be Emmanuel, God with us. Isaiah, I'm coming to be with you. I'm coming to the form of a baby. Do you believe that? Do you believe that you're important enough to the creator of heaven and earth that before the foundation of the world, he made a plan for you, not the person next to you, not the the most faithful person or the most Christian person you know. You, in all of your mess and all of your junk, he made a plan for you. Because if you don't believe today, I want you to ring the bell. 
And I believe when you ring the bell, all the hurt and the shame and the things that you may be embarrassed of and the times where you say, God, I don't know if you can. I think if you ring the bell, then you'll begin to hear, I'm for you. I'm for you. He's for you. He loves you. People may have hurt you. You may have done things to yourself. But he's had a plan from you from the beginning. Do you believe? Do you really believe? Before we go into Christmas, I don't want you to ever go into Christmas and hear the story of the nativity, manger, all those things that happened. The Bethlehem star, the wise men. I don't want you to go into any of that until you first go into this. I understand that God loved me enough that he had a plan for me. And that Christmas is not just about gifts. Those things may take place. But Christmas is about God starting the plan for me. I believe. I believe that he's constant when I'm not. I believe that he's consistent when I'm not. I believe that he's faithful when I'm not. I believe, I believe, I believe. If you'll bow your head and close your eyes, these guys are going to lead us and then we're going to be done. If you're in this room today and you say, Pastor Jody, I hear what you're saying, and I'm going to be honest with you, I have a hard time believing. There may be several reasons that you have a hard time believing. You may have a hard time believing because you just have a hard time believing. You have a hard time believing in the story. I encourage you, let your faith rise up and let God show you who he is and that he loves you enough. Maybe you're in here and you say, Pastor Jody, I have a, I have a problem believing that, that he could love me I've, I've done things that are bad. I've done things that are awful. I've done things that are, that are absolutely wrong. So have I. But be confident in this, that he still loves you right where you are. He knows what you've done. Your worst mistake has never taken him by surprise. I believe. Maybe you're in here and maybe it's just hard. Friend, he loves you, and he's for you right where you are. In just a moment, I'm going to ask you just to raise your hand. I want to pray for you. I'm not going to embarrass you, call you out, nothing like that. But if you're in here, I do want to pray for you. And I, I believe, I said this this morning in our next move class, truth demands a response. And the truth that God is for you and the truth that God is love you, loves you demands a response. And maybe you're in here and maybe you don't, you don't feel that he does, but maybe you want to. And you respond to that and say, preacher, you know what? That's me. In just a moment, I'm going to ask you, lift your hand. Then I'm going to pray and Pastor Corey are going to lead us in this song. And I love this song because it's really what I just preached. It's about faith and belief. Maybe you feel like no one cares. Maybe you feel like you're lonely. Maybe you feel like you've made too many mistakes and your life is a train wreck. Friend, if that's you, you are the very person that God wants to, to absolutely restore. You're the one that God wants to get you back on track. So I'm going to ask you, when I count to three, just lift your hand right up and right back down. One of two things. I just, I just need to believe today that 
I just need him to, to forgive me of my sins. I just need to, I just need to believe. I need my faith to be strengthened. And I hear what you say, preacher, and if what you're saying is true, I believe that and I want that. I want the bell. I want to hear it. I want to know it. I want to feel it. Friend, all you got to do is open up your heart. He's there. So on the count of three, one, two, three, right up, right back down. Amen. 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 All right, everybody stand with me. If you raise your hand, we're going to sing this song. While we sing this song, this is your assignment. Don't worry about singing as much as I just want you to just listen. And I want you to be reminded that God loves you and God's for you. And God believes in you. He believes in you and he's right here near you. I don't care what you've done, who you've done it with. All you got to do, reach out. Father, I thank you for today and I thank you for an opportunity to come into your house. And I thank you for your word. And I thank you for these five or six hands. That God acknowledge that we just, God, we just need to, we need to strengthen our faith. And God, we want to declare that we believe. Lord, as we sing this song, I pray that you would allow it to minister to those. And God, for those that raise their hand that just don't have a relationship with you, I pray, Lord, that we confess that we're sinners. That doesn't mean we're bad people. It just means that we've done things that are not pleasing to you. We believe in our heart that you died for us. And God, we accept your gift, your salvation that you've given us. And God, your word tells us if we do that, we're saved then we continually follow after you. We continually become disciples and become believers and strengthen our faith. I thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. I thank you, Lord, for what you have done. And I pray, God, that you would bless, bless this house in Jesus' name. Worship with these guys as they sing, and then we'll be dismissed.